up? It's the rant. My name is Jeff Rackleff, and it is Tuesday, August 24th. Uh-oh. Marquez Callaway on the rise. Good luck getting him at a discount. Thank you to everybody in my home league this past weekend for allowing me to get him in, I, I think it was like the 13th round. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Appreciate you. Ain't going to happen this weekend after what Callaway did last night, so we will talk about a couple quick takeaways here, including the injury to Travis Etienne and how we handled that. And then I do have, uh, let me see, 10 players uh, across running back and wide receiver who I am avoiding at their ADP in fantasy football drafts this weekend, next weekend. Don't think things will change for these guys, to be honest with you. So I'll talk about those guys coming up in a little bit. But the big takeaways, obviously, Marquez Callaway exploded, caught all five of his targets for 104 yards and two touchdowns. And the dude looked legit in this game. So how do we approach this for fantasy purposes? I still don't think it's not like we move him up into like wide receiver 22 or something like that. But I do think we have to consider right around wide receiver 40, right in that range. Like, if you said to me, Jeff, you could have Marquez Callaway or Antonio Brown, that'd be a pretty tough choice for me, and I'd probably lean Callaway at this point. That's And Brown is at 42 in my rankings. So that's about where I am. Now, I'm not going to overreact to this as well, though. Michael Thomas still will be the top target when he comes back to this offense, but this is an offense that historically, I mean, it's been Thomas and Kamara and who the heck else, right? So there is opportunity here to be a wide receiver three plus. I think he could be a little bit more boomer bust than uh, just consistent, whereas Thomas would be more of a consistent option. But man, I will take the shot on the boom. And it does look like Jameis Winston has won this job, by the way. Only somebody would have warned us. Everybody drinking that taste some Kool-Aid and didn't watch the darn games last year. I don't see any way where Sean Payton can go into this season with, with confidence that Taysom Hill is the starter. Jameis is far from a perfect quarterback, but he does open things up for what this offense can do. If I am in a super flex draft this weekend, which I am, Jameis Winston is a legit target. Uh, later on, and I don't think you have to draft Taysom Hill as well. Now, granted, Jameis may not keep the job through the whole season, but I would go after him. Now, let me talk quickly about Travis Etienne. So, as Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson showed us, sometimes the injury is just the injury and we shouldn't overreact to it. We should react to it, but not overreact. In the immediate aftermath of those two guys getting uh, going under the knife, having surgery, we saw Jonathan Taylor in some instances in best balls fall and and uh, and in high stakes leagues fell to the mid second round. That that was ridiculous. He's a mid first round pick, regardless. And I only moved him down two spots as a result of the surgery, just because of the uncertainty. And I'd rather eliminate as much risk as I can. But come on, and and now look. Oh, Carson Wentz probably going to be on the field in week one. Quentin Nelson, probably going to be on the field in week one. So here's what we know. I know people read the news blurb, they see Liz Frank, and they think, uh-oh. Well, that was reported from Ian Rappaport. Uh, he did say that it was a Liz Frank injury and uh, that essentially initial testing uh, was negative on it, which is a good thing, but he would undergo further testing today. Uh, then Adam Schefter, if we look to what he said, he said a midfoot sprain it's expected to sideline him indefinitely and require further testing, but 
We still don't know what that exactly means. Indefinitely, could it, it essentially means there's just no timetable. They don't even know uh, the severity. If it is, in fact, a mild injury, then we're talking about two to four weeks. If it is a significant injury, I mean, well, season ending is always on the table, but I, I would say significant in, in the fact that, you know, four to eight weeks would be somewhat more significant to me. That now would impact James Robinson, but we can't really move James Robinson until we know what Travis Etienne's uh, injury is. Because here's what they've shown us. The Jags have shown us they are going to use all three backs. Whether we like Carlos Hyde or not, and I don't think many of us like him, they're going to use him. They're going to use all three backs, but obviously if Etienne is out for, if it was a four to eight weeker, that would at least put him out through basically, it would put him out through week one guaranteed and probably close to week two. Uh, not necessarily guaranteed there, but pretty darn close to that. And that would also put injured reserve on the table because remember injured reserve is only three weeks. If it's a two to four week injury, he'll be back basically by week one. So very different timetables there. Stay tuned on that one. React, don't overreact. Also, Adam Troutman was carted off. Uh, the initial x-rays were negative, but uh, he's going to have an MRI on the foot today. I mean, he was already trending down as it was. So you have that right there uh, with Adam Troutman. He's he's essentially off draft boards for this weekend. All right, so let's dive into some players who I am avoiding in fantasy football drafts. There are no must-avoids. Must-avoid is a clickbait headline. I get why sites in our industry do that, but it's a clickbait headline. I can't tell you you absolutely have to avoid these guys because what if they fell to a point where they're like two or three rounds behind their ADP? Well, now you have to seriously consider them, right? But at ADP, that's the key, at ADP. So J.K. Dobbins tops the list for me, and please do not hit me up and say that I don't like him because I freaking love J.K. Dobbins. I wish he was on a different team, but the problem is he's not on a different team. So, J.K. Dobbins, I talked about this on a pod yesterday, he is, he's going to split work in that backfield. He's going to split work with Gus Edwards. He's basically going to split work with his quarterback as well. Right now, J.K. Dobbins is the number 15 running back in ADP. That puts him as a, a late second round pick. That's where you would have to consider him. It's too early, especially given the wide receivers who are going in that range. So I'm avoiding J.K. Dobbins. I am avoiding him. I would much rather go the route of, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson or D.K. Metcalf if he's there or heck, even A.J. Brown. Any of those guys are in the mix. And it comes down to a roster construction uh, thing as well because, hey, if you're the first or second pick, you have McCaffrey or Cook. Okay, well now we're gonna we're gonna hit up some top ten wide receivers, not J.K. Dobbins. All right, so let's take a quick break, and then I got nine more players to avoid at ADP. Next up on my list, you should probably should have known this one was coming, but people seem to be very slow to pick up on this one. Miles Gaskin. Uh, right now, Miles Gaskin, it's not like he's going particularly early or anything like that, but he is, well, I mean, technically ADP still has him fourth or fifth round is where I still am seeing people considering him. This is why it is really important to be up to speed on what you've seen in the preseason, not just base this on rankings that are from July, right? Rankings that are from July are going to have Miles Gaskin as a top 25 running back. Rankings right now, mine has him at 31, which isn't a dramatic drop-off, but it is a drop-off that we need to consider. 
I I think there still can be some value to him, but to assume that he can be your second running back, which top 25 would essentially assume that, I think is really pushing it. Uh, 23 is where he's going right now among running backs. It's a mid-fourth round pick. If he was, in fact, 31 where, where I have him, that would be a late sixth round pick. That's a big difference between the two. Now, I'm not saying to not draft him, and I probably wouldn't even draft him in the six because I, I do like some, you know, I like I like going after some of these guys like the Javante Williams of the world who are going in the same range, but you usually have to get him a little bit ahead of Miles Gaskin on my board. But regardless, I would, you know, I wouldn't pass up on Gaskin if he fell like the seventh or eighth round, but I'm not drafting him at ADP right now in the fourth round. Uh, Mike Davis also on the list for me. He's going a pick after Miles Gaskin, 24th running back off the board, pick 410. But wait, Jeff, there's nobody else there. Well, yeah, I know that. But I, I think it's actually fair to say there's nobody there. And it's, again, I, I hate to knock these guys because it is what it is, but Mike Davis as your feature back is really miscast. He's a fine backup. He showed us last year that he did it. He can do a very nice job. He did that back in Seattle as well. He can do a very nice job as a backup. But as the the feature back in this offense, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Now, the volume can certainly be there. And even at like 3.5 yards per carry, I guess he's going to put up points, Peyton Barber-like points. But is that type of player the player who's going to win you your fantasy championship? Or is it guys who are going a round or two later, like Javante Williams, who I just mentioned, like Trey Sermon, or Michael Carter, and I know that they're, they're neither one of their stocks have gone up in the preseason, which I am fine with. I am absolutely fine with. So Mike Davis, I'm avoiding him at ADP. Raheem Mostert, also on the list. He's going in the mid-fifth round. Honestly, he's going a round and a half ahead of Trey Sermon. I think that should be flip-flopped. Well, I don't. I wouldn't take Sermon in the, uh, in the fifth round, but I, I would move Mostert back because... A, Sermon is there. B, I know people are going to say, oh, well, you're just, you're pre-diagnosing him as an injured player. Well, he is injury prone. He's already preventatively trying to uh, get ahead of that with the knee brace, and he's an older player as well. Sure, he may give you a couple big games, but I I, I just can't invest in this guy, even as a bench guy on my roster. Uh, James Conner, well, he's not going particularly high, but I'm going to avoid him anyway. He's going in the eighth round, going in the same range as guys like Leonard Fournette, A.J. Dillon. Uh, he is going about a round ahead of Gus Edwards. I would I would rather any of those guys, even if I may rank James Conner in that same range, I just don't want him because it's a ceiling floor aspect. James Conner, at this point in his career, doesn't come with any ceiling. You know, and and I I really hey I I don't love Chase Edmonds in that backfield either, but I really just don't love that backfield. If I'm getting anything from that squad, it's going to be in the passing game. James Conner, I mean, we know there's there's very little fantasy juice here. David Johnson also on the list. J- David Johnson is basically undraftable for me. He is still going in the ninth round. People are still gravitating towards his name. People don't know the context here in Houston. David Johnson is a third down back on this team. That's it. We're not going to see much. You know, he's basically in a Duke Johnson role, which is not good for fantasy purposes. So uh, avoiding this dude uh, right now. How about this one? Move over to wide receiver. So I gave you, what, six running backs? I'll give you four wideouts who I'm avoiding. This one hurts because he's one of my favorites of all time, but Julio Jones. Why? Twofold. 
He is going to be the secondary target in the offense with A.J. Brown leading the show. It is a run-heavy offense that doesn't offer much passing upside, and he is already hurt. He's shown an inability to stay healthy here north of 30. He is a name that people like. He is a name who's going to go into fourth round of your drafts, and that's just too early for me. Again, not avoiding Julio Jones, avoiding him at ADP. If Julio Jones is there in the sixth round, okay, scoop value, right? But in the fourth round where he's going, he's going, really, he's going like right, he's going right after Allen Robinson in ADP, right after CeeDee Lamb, right after Terry McLaurin. I mean, there's not much of a gap between these guys. He's going 11 picks after Terry McLaurin. I mean, it's too early for Julio Jones. It's just too early, and that one does hurt. Uh, Three older receivers who I just can't get behind here, even at ADP on the cheap. Jarvis Landry, he's going in the ninth round. I know, okay, he has, you know, he'll have 80, 90 catches at, okay, if he has 80 catches, what does he, what does he end up with? 700 yards? If he has 90 catches, what does he wind up with? 800 yards? He doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. It's such a low ceiling play, like relatively high floor. Okay, great. And I think he's had a tremendous professional career, but if I'm going after a player in the late rounds, I'm not going after Jarvis Landry. I mean, come on. T.Y. Hilton, I get fired up about this stuff. T.Y. Hilton also on the list. Another one who I've I've loved over the course of his career. He's going in the 12th round. That's fine. You know his name, but are you getting any upside with him? Or are you getting more upside with somebody like Henry Ruggs, who's going in the late rounds? Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, Curtis Samuel, who has fallen. He He may actually be off the board by that point. Brian Edwards, Jacoby Myers. Who would you rather? You'd rather these upside guys, right? That's what I would rather. And then finally, to round out the list, Emmanuel Sanders. You're getting Emmanuel Sanders for nothing right now. Uh, In the 13th round, another name that we know, but another name that doesn't offer much fantasy upside. But Jeff, he's in that offense. Okay, yes, he is. Stephon Diggs is going to lead the team of targets. We know that role. We know Cole Beasley's role in the slot. Who's a downfield guy? Because it's not Emmanuel Sanders. It's Gabriel Davis. If I'm taking a shot on a a late-round Bills receiver, I'm going after Gabriel Davis, not Emmanuel Sanders. The moral of the story, like, sometimes these guys, they're really comfortable. You know, you kind of, you really know them. They're they're that that old uh, pair of jeans or whatever that you you know it. It's comfortable. But it's out of style. Like, it doesn't look good on your roster at this point, these guys. And a lot of these names, James Conner, David Johnson, Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders. We've known these names for years, but they just they don't look good on a roster anymore, unfortunately. Avoiding these guys at ADP. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. Head on over to ftnfantasy.com. We just updated the game plan, PDF draft guide from yours truly. The final update is up on the site. Promo code RATPACK to get your hands on that and everything else we have to offer over there. Nice little discount for you. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, all the DMs on Instagram. I see you guys. I think I've responded to everybody now, so I'm waiting for the next batch. But hit, you know, hit me up on Instagram and definitely follow me on there as well. And I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.